Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you for your will. God, we're so grateful that we can trust that your will is better than our will. And even as uh, we're maybe a little discouraged that we can't go to Haiti, we trust, Lord, that it, it's, it's part of your plan and it's part of your will. And your timing is always perfect. And so we look to you to open that door, Lord. We do pray for Haiti. We pray for the unrest that is there. We pray for the demonstrations that have been uh, predicted uh, to happen on the 7th. And we just pray, God, for that country. We know how hard that country's been hit uh, with uh, uh, earthquakes and, and just so much unrest and political turmoil. God, it's just that country's in such bad shape. And now adding on to that, Lord, all of these demonstrations all over the country. And we, uh, we look to you, God, because we want to connect with those kids. We want to get back to Lakai Timon and, and do what you've called us to do. Uh, so show us and guide us. But Lord, as we look to your word this morning, I pray everyone in this room would be open to your truth because you've got great plans for us. Uh, and again, what we sang, that you would have your way in this place, that you would do what you want to do even now in this time. So open our hearts, open our minds to your truth, that we would walk in truth and bring glory and honor to you. For it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, it's the first Sunday uh, of the month. Uh, hard to believe it's February already. <laughs> um, so we will also partake of communion. So as we look to the scriptures today, let's also prepare our hearts to remember what Jesus has done. Uh, and what I want to talk to you about today, or the Apostle Paul is addressing today, are the gifts that are given to God's people. And so important that we understand the giftedness that we have from God. Uh, and I'm speaking more spiritually giftedness, not natural giftedness. Uh, you know, God is the one that gifts spiritually his kids to uh, help the church be effective, to help the church grow. And that's what we're going to see here in this text. And again, because it's Communion Sunday and we only have uh, a few uh, less minutes than we normally do, I want to jump right in. So read with me, if you will, in verse 7. It says here, but to each one of us, that includes you. Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and here it is, and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who had descended and also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So give me your attention. The first thing we see here is we talk about gifts given by God. Um, it's important that we understand, as the Apostle Paul says here, but to each one of us, grace was given. Uh, when we talk about the grace of God, we talk about what? The unmerited favor that comes from the Lord. It's not something we earn. It's not something we deserve. And I don't know about you, but that's good news, isn't it? That we don't have to strive for that, that we don't have to qualify, qualify for God's grace. We just have to be in need of it. And all of us in this room are in need of God's grace, are we not? God being gracious to us, 
us being gracious to each other in the world we're living in with so much strife and so much turmoil there's always pointing of fingers always division in our society and it's like grace people grace I'm able to be gracious to others because I think about the graciousness of God upon my life he freely gives me that grace why shouldn't I freely give it to others well, they don't deserve it, we say. Well, we don't deserve it either. And so for the Apostle Paul, as he's talking about all the things that we've been given up until this point, the blessings that have been poured onto us, he reminds us to each one. That means every single person in this room, if you've accepted Christ, you've been given a portion of his grace. And notice it says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, the quantity of grace comes from God. The quality of that grace comes from God. And it's Jesus has shown his grace by dying on a cross. Jesus has shown us his grace by rising from the tomb. Jesus has shown us his grace by sitting at the right hand of God, interceding, which is praying for us. That's grace. Don't forget that. And I don't know what you're going through. God does. But I don't know what you're dealing with. But whatever it may be in your life, consider the grace of God in your life. Consider God's protection over you. Consider God's presence with you. Whether it's a physical infirmity or whether it's emotional stress. You know, for me, last night, I woke up several times and immediately as soon as I wake up, I start thinking about this one thing that just keeps me up. And it's like I, I fight with myself. Stop thinking. Go to sleep. And we got to battle that and, and to continually, what, cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. Give those things to God. Lord, I want to be at peace. I want to be at rest because you're the one that has to make the difference. You're the one that has to do the work. We do our part and what? God does his part. And his is a bigger part, I got to tell you. <laughs> and it's a better part. So Paul reminds us, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, in verse 8, he says, therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. In other words, he conquered death. And notice it says, and he gave gifts to men. Paul quotes Psalm 68 here. Uh, he, he, he manipulates the verse a bit. Um, but I, I do believe inspired by the Holy Spirit, Paul takes the word of God and he says, listen, he ascended upon high, he led captivity, and he gave gifts to men. Because I, I gotta be honest, without the gifts of God, what can we do? How can we survive? How can we attempt to do anything that is of value eternally for the Lord, right? He's got to do the work. The gifts come from him. And it's for each and every one of us. And so even as we sang, Lord, do what you want to, in the same way when it comes to gifts, it's what God wants to do. Listen, I would love to have the gift of healing, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be great? When someone in my life is hurting physically, man, I want to pray and I want to see God's spirit move and I want to see healing in their life. 
but it's not something that I can muster up. It's not something that I can manufacture. It has to be something that God does that we believe by faith that he can do. But those gifts, God gives. He's the one. And give gifts to men. Jesus is the author of good gifts. See, man wants to manipulate. Man wants to try to make it happen. We can try to force it. You know, and, and, and we'll look at it in a little bit later, but, you know, when Paul talks there in 1 Corinthians, chapters 12 through 13, it speaks about the right gift at the right time. And to me, the right gift at the right time is the gift that's needed in that moment. I believe God has the ability to give you a gift of wisdom, a word of knowledge, uh, a, a gift of healing, when, it, when it's needed, not only in your life, but in the life of another. Uh, Jesus said it this way in John he says nevertheless I tell you the truth it is to your advantage that I go away for if I do go away the helper uh, if I don't go away the helper will not come to you but if I depart I will send him to you we have as believers the Holy Spirit within us always there with us dwelling with us convicting us of sin reminding us of Jesus but listen also empowering us with the Spirit to do the works of God. And if we're truly people this morning that will say, Lord, do what you want to, then we gotta get out of the way and let the Spirit move through us. And that means listening to the voice of God. That means being obedient when he tells you to do something. I've shared this story many times and it's such an encouragement to me because it reminds me that we need to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. Pastor Chuck Smith tells the story of a family coming forward with their grandmother in a wheelchair. And they ask Pastor Chuck, please pray for our grandmother. So he lays hands on her, begins to pray, and the spirit speaks to his heart and says, pray that she's healed and she can get out of the wheelchair. And Pastor Chuck confesses, he goes, Lord, are you sure? Because <laughs> if she doesn't stand up, I'm gonna look like a fool. And so he has this discussion with the Lord, but if the Lord oppresses it on your heart to do something, you do it and watch God do what he wants to do. And literally, this woman got up out of the chair and was healed completely. Praise God. The family was like, we just wanted you to pray for her cold. You want to talk about God doing exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or think. <clears throat> the very next week, same person come, another person comes forward and Chuck prays for them, doesn't pray for healing because the Spirit didn't lead him to do that. So we have to be submissive to the Holy Spirit. We have to be sensitive to the Spirit and let God work. Problem for us is we don't think God will use us. And so what happens? We hinder the Holy Spirit. We get in the way. It's our job to just be open. Lord, you do what you want to. Don't let my limited mind, don't let my limited heart hinder what you want to do, Lord. Wouldn't it be amazing if every single one of us in this room operated in the gift that God would give them and the amazing things that we would see happen here and not just expecting it to happen to someone else. Have you ever expected it to happen to you? You're coming here to church. You're here to worship God. You're here to hear the word of God, but you're also here to be used by God. God may just simply ask you to pray for someone silently. Or maybe God will say, hey, I need you to go over to that person, put your hand on their shoulder, say, what's going on, brother? What's happening, sister? How can I be praying for you? To be sensitive to those things. 
I've seen in my life opportunities where God says, this person, I need you to go ask them how they're doing. And to find out something going on in their life that God knew about and God wanted to intervene. So I encourage us all this morning as we're thinking about God giving gifts to all of us that we, be, we, we would be open to using that gift without fear. You know, even that story about Pastor Chuck. What's the harm in praying? What's the harm in stepping out in faith? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. That doesn't mean we're a failure. <laughs> it just means God's doing something else differently. So we have to trust that. He gives those gifts he pours out his spiritual gifts and the spiritual gifts are for spiritual needs, right? Many of us need just spiritual encouragement, right? Because we can get so defeated in this world. Well, I'm not praying enough. Well, I'm not giving enough. Well, I'm not reading enough of my Bible. Well, I'm not serving enough. Those missionaries, they're going to Haiti, but I don't go to Haiti. <laughs> Listen, the mission field is outside those doors. The mission field is in Publix. It's in Kroger's. It's not in Sam's Club. <laughs> Costco, yeah. No, the mission field is out there. I've seen churches with signs that say when you're pulling out of the parking lot, you are now entering the mission field. And isn't that the truth? Mission field is in your home. The mission field is in your neighborhood, in your schools, wherever you are, at the coffee shop. That's a mission field. God, speak to us. See, the problem is sometimes we're so concerned with self, we miss the opportunity that God would might use, work through us. Do you know how encouraging it is when you know the Spirit of God uses you, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through a word of encouragement, or whether it's a touch of healing? Man, your, your faith just goes, woo, God used me. Stay humble in it, right? Can't get prideful. No, that was God that did it. There were a few times in my life where I've laid hands on people and they have actually been healed in that moment. And it's like, praise God. Praise God that he's able to do that. And that's what we believe. We trust in that. What are the spiritual gifts? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because I want you to see them and hopefully you'll highlight them 1 Corinthians chapter 12 starting in the first verse Paul says this now concerning spiritual gifts brethren I do not want you to be ignorant that's that's <laughs> highlight that we should not be ignorant of spiritual gifts many times we avoid spiritual gifts because of the abuse that spiritual gifts have been taken out of context but we don't, Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Notice the power of the Holy Spirit there. There are diversity of gifts, but the same spirit. There are diversity of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversity of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one, look at this, for the profit of all. For to one is given, here they are, the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another differing, different kind of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things. And look at this. Distributing to each one individually as he wills. Spiritual gifts are needed in the church for spirit to meet spiritual needs. So as we read this list, as we understand this list, let's pray that God would use the spirit in our lives and gift us for the benefit of others, right? For the benefit of all, not to draw attention, not to put a sign out, Calvary Chapel, this is where the spirit moves. Boy, I would love to have that testimony. We shouldn't have to broadcast it because when people's lives are changed, people are gonna hear about it. But to see that it's God's will, the Holy Spirit puts it out as he does, we just gotta be available. So I ask, what spiritual gift does God wanna use in your life today? Today before you walk out those doors? Maybe the Spirit would touch your heart and lead you in a way where I want, to be, I want you to be used. I want you to help someone else. Now listen, many of us in this room have come in here with needs of our own. And like, God, will you meet them? The only way God's gonna meet them is if someone else is open to the fact that they are gonna be used by God's spirit. Anybody in here need a word of wisdom? Anybody in here need a word of knowledge? Need a healing? What would be like if the Holy Spirit just fell powerfully in this place, just like at Pentecost. Man, I don't know about you, but I get God bumps. I get God bumps when I think, God, I know you want to do something. Help us not hinder what you want to do because each and every one of us can be gifted by God. And you might say, well, you don't understand my life. You don't understand my background. Listen, repent. Find forgiveness. Get right with God. Don't let anything in your life hinder you from being used by God because the gifts are for all. And even as we go back to Ephesians, you know, he says in verse 9, Now this he ascended. What does it mean that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Jesus is in heaven, right? He comes down to earth to live a perfect life, to sacrifice, dies, goes into the earth, rises three days later, and then what? Ascends back to heaven. That's what Paul's saying. This is the, this is the one, Jesus Christ. He's the one that came down. He's the one that descended to do what he needed to do on this earth so that we could have salvation through him and then ascends back up and then gives gifts to men. That's why we believe in the spirit, the gifts of the spirit today because Jesus is still seated on the throne and he's still working on behalf of his church. One day he's gonna come back. One day he's gonna take us home and we all look forward to that day. But until then, let's be open to what God wants to do in our lives. Amen? Amen.
spiritual gifts. Uh, I, I wanted to share this because, I, you know, sometimes people say, I don't know my spiritual gifts. And it can be hard. You know, you want to know what that is. And uh, for, for over the years uh, since I've been a, uh, not a pastor, but as I've been a Christian and been in the Calvary movements, there's been this thing called the Houts Spiritual Gift Test. And several people in the church, I've, my staff has all taken it. It helps you understand what your spiritual gifts, gifts are. It's 125 questions that you answer according to what, how you would respond. And at the end, you kind of calculate all these things, and it kind of shows you where your strengths are spiritually. If you're interested in that, I actually, well, is it up? Good. You can download the PDF of this test. Answer all 125 questions calculate and figure out what the numbers are and then there's at the back of the test there's a a place there that explains what those spiritual gifts are and how they are be operated it's just a tool to help us understand where where am I gifted God spiritually something that you might use maybe you know your spiritual gifts use them that's what I think is the most important thing that we use them so be open be open to what God wants to do next verse verse 11 and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Notice, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Talk about our world right there. By the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, for whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. This is like one of those spiritual poems in my mind that the apostle Paul pens down and says, this is what the church is supposed to look like everybody doing their part everybody participating in what God has gifted them for this church and the responsibilities of this church for the leadership are to lead people and to equip people to do the work of the ministry it's interesting in churches today it's like the leadership does all the spiritual work and the other people just applaud it no we all participate in it and so for me it's like Paul he just brings it to a place where we understand that church leadership has been given to the church to equip the saints you know many people say well what's the vision for the church what's the vision for Calvary Chapel Brentwood and I always come to this verse we're here to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. How do we equip you? We encourage you in the word, support you in, in any way we can to help you and, and nurture the gifts and talents that you have and give you opportunities to use those gifts. And notice, it's for the benefit of the body, right? God gives these 
places. He says, what? We got uh, apostles, uh, we got prophets, we got evangelists, and pastor teachers is the same, it's really the same position. Many, many Bibles will say that this is the five-fold ministry, but to, we believe that it's a four-fold ministry because a pastor teacher, uh, to me, is the one and the same. You have a pastor's heart to minister, but you also have to have the gift of teaching the word of God. And for apostles, you know, <laughs> this is another thing. These positions are given by God. Isn't it interesting how in the world that we live in, man wants to give themselves these titles? Well, I'm an apostle. Well, I'm a prophet. You know what? (laughs) As believers, we're all messengers. We're all the ones that are sharing the good news. And an an apostle is our our, our special ambassadors of God's work. And uh, today, when people call themselves an apostle, I'm like, in the, in the sense of the word, no. <laughs> you, you can't, apostles are the ones that saw Jesus, were gifted by Jesus, and certainly that. But, you know, Paul says, the apostles and the prophets were given to the church to lay down the truth, right? The prophets were one to foretell the future and to lay down the truth of what God's word is. And so, to me, prophets today just reinforce the truth of what's already here. We don't have new revelation. I remember watching, I was, I don't know where, it was many years ago, I was watching on the news and this one pastor, all of a sudden he said, he tells his church, he said, God has given me this vision that there's no such thing as hell. It's like, how do you get to that place? When the word of God speaks contrary to that, it's like whenever I've got <laughs> this crazy thought that goes against the word of God, you know what I do with that? I throw that out. <laughs> that goes in the circular file, Right? It can't. It's got to line up with the word of God. Prophets today to me are people that encourage the body of Christ and lead them to the truth. God can give you the gift of prophecy. I remember many, many years ago, my wife was at a ladies' conference and she said uh, before the breakout session that was about to come up, she was literally in the restroom and she felt like this, God just kept saying to her, forgiveness, forgiveness forgiveness she did not know what it was she's just like lord what is this then she goes into the session and she happened to be one of the prayer counselors and this young girl came up and she was saying she wanted some prayer and then the lord gave my wife that word forgiveness forgiveness and she looked at this young girl and she said the lord wants me to tell you the word forgiveness and this girl literally just started pouring out her eyes i mean just pouring tears out of her eyes she had said the day before before this conference Lord, I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. And here God shows up and and speaks in this girl's life. And my wife was able to say to this woman, you have got to forgive yourself because God has already forgiven you. And do you know how freeing that is? If anything, that's a gift of, of foreknowledge certainly it's a gift you could possibly call prophecy because God gave it to her beforehand but do I call her my wife a prophetess absolutely not <laughs> yeah we'll move on from that but be open to it right I mean she could have easily just totally ignored it right oh what is that that's just weird and never applied it but she she held it in her heart she's like word I don't know what that is but okay 
God will do that to us, guys. He'll encourage us. He could give you a word to encourage someone else. Evangelists, boy, do we need evangelists that are gifted to share the truth of the gospel. People with a heart to lead the lost to Jesus. Paul is encouraging the church to equip the saints for the work of the ministry out of here. We're not here to build a church. We're here to build strong believers that love God so much that they'll be used in the world that they live in. The problem is, for many, maybe many of us in this room, that's somebody else's job. Somebody else will do it. I'm not gifted in that. I'm not, I don't have the ability to quote scripture. You'd be amazed what God would give you when you'd step out in faith and begin to speak to someone who has need. God brings you verses. God, God does that. You, that's why we do devotions, to hide the word in our hearts. Uh, a couple verses that I'd like to share. Ephesians 2.20, having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, this is Paul earlier in our book, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the one we look to. 1 Corinthians 14, 29 says that two or three prophets speak and let others judge. There's supposed to be judgment. When someone speaks a word of knowledge, there should be, is that line up with the word of God? See, we, just, just, we don't just take it at face value. And then again, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read it, but one in the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I really feel like it's important that we understand it's God that does it. It's God that does the work in us. We, we just have to ask God to use us. And then when he does, <laughs> don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Be encouraged that God would use you. God knows what we need in our time of need. We must, I wrote down here in my notes, we must not hinder or, pre- or prevent the ministry of the Spirit. Don't quench the spirit. Let the spirit move. And we see for the reason, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ. And until when? Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith. I think it's important for us to understand we're, we're in this together. We're, we're here to lift each other up, right? There's no levels. Well, that person knows more of the Bible. than No, we just want to lift up each other, encourage each other. We should be helping our brothers and sisters coming to a place of understanding and having faith in God. That's what those gifts are for. The word equipping has the idea of to put right, to put right. The word was used to describe setting broken bones or mending nets. So we're to be people that are helping people mend their nets or or setting their broken bones or maybe their broken heart. If God has given you a measure of faith, use that faith to encourage someone else who has little faith, has little faith. God's purpose is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And notice how we do it in verse 15, but speaking the truth in love. You know, you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which is the next chapter after 12, and it's like, it's all about love. It's all about... If you do all these things in the spirit but don't have love, it's nothing. It's just a bunch of noise. It'd be like your pastor playing the drums at the closing song. It'd be a bunch of noise. It'd be cool. 
but it'd be a bunch of noise. So let him do it, speaking the truth in love, speaking the truth in love, and, and growing up. We're all to grow. We can't stay in the same place. Um, you know, edifying, the last, the last part of verse 16, and this is where we'll close. He says, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. If you truly have love for your family, you'll do anything for them. And we're family. We're in this together. And one, when one member of the body suffers, what? The whole body suffers. And when one member rejoices, we all rejoice. So we're in this together. We're here to support each other in this effort. God has gifted us, so let us use those gifts to bring glory to him. See, God wants us to see the church as a body where every part does its part. We shouldn't have people up here bragging about what they can do or bragging how much of the word they know. Or, no, none of that. It's, it's, it's just trusting God. We all have been given gifts by God. Question is, are we using them? May we use them to build up each other and to build up ourselves. What gifts has God given to you that you have not been using? I, I should use this word. I beseech you. We learned that last week. I'm begging you. Use your gift. Use your gift. Whatever it may be, use your gift for the blessing. When you're using your God-given spiritual gift, it pleases God and it helps you exercise the use of that gift. The more you use it, the more you will use it. It's like exercising, right? The more you do it, the stronger you get. So maybe for, maybe for some of us in this room, you have a spiritual gift, you just haven't used it in many years. Something's happened in your life. And for some reason, you're like, I'm not using it anymore. You're robbing the body of Christ. If we're gonna lift each other up, we need to use those gifts. So this is what I want us to do as we transition to communion in our time of remembering what Jesus has done. Dying on that cross, shedding his blood, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We get to go to heaven because of that. Hey, praise God for that. But maybe we also this morning as we hold the elements, we say, Lord, you died so that I could have life. And that life under the power of the Holy Spirit. So God, what is my spiritual gift? Maybe we ask God, Lord, what is my spiritual gift? Use me, Lord. Use me today. And if you ask God to use you, guess what's going to happen? He will use you. He will use you. But let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the scriptures this morning. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who dwells in the hearts of those who believe. And God, I pray for all of us in this room and perhaps those watching online that it can be a bit daunting to think that the Holy Spirit could use us. There's, we might think there's others that are more gifted. We might think that there's others that, that can do so much better than us. But in reality, Lord, if, if we're truly letting the Holy Spirit do the work, it's the same Spirit. So we're just the vessel that you're gonna use. 
in many senses, <laughs> we need to get out of the way and just let you do what you do. I know there's people in this room that are hurting. I know there's people in this room that are struggling. They have great need in their life or they're burdened in their hearts for a loved one who's struggling. God, I would ask that you would increase all of our faith. We're thankful that we don't need a lot of faith, just the, the faith of a mustard seed. You can tell a mountain to move and it'll move. So it's not about the quantity of faith that we have, but the quality of faith that we have. The faith to believe that you still heal, you still restore, you still raise from the dead. You still can place peace in the heart of your people. God, I would pray that from this day forward, we would see the gifts in full execution, exercising and edifying the body of Christ, both here in this church and out in this world. There's a hurting world. There's a lost world out there more than many of us have ever seen. And they need Jesus. Need to know that there's one that died for them. And if they would put their faith and trust in you, you would save them, just like you've saved us. And Lord, we know we don't deserve it. We know we'll never earn it. But man, we would love to be used by your spirit to help the life of another. For when we see you work, Lord, we too become encouraged. So in this time of communion, God, as we remember your willingness to go to the cross and die in our place. We're reminded that you're not still there. You're back in glory and you've given us the spirit that walks with us, encourages us, corrects us. May we be sensitive to the Spirit this morning as we remember what you've done on the cross, as we partake of communion together. May it bring us into a deeper relationship with you. And I would pray, Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that needs that encouragement, needs a, someone to pray for them, I pray that they would not be, I don't know, hesitant to ask for prayer. We all need it. So let ministry take place here that you might do what only you can do. We give you the glory and praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.